1: 1220
3: KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. What's in your financial mind? Happy July 18 to. I know you're saying, what's so happy about July eighteen? Well, we got over Bastille Day, so we got that going for us, right? Um, rob rob com. It's rob rob com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, anything you want to talk about. We can talk real estate. We can talk stocks. We can talk oil. Ukrainian crisis, the Malaysian airlines, consumer sentiment. Uh, we could talk – let's talk a little consumer sentiment real quick. Consumer sentiment is one of those economic gauges where if you're feeling lucky, you might go out and spend some money. If you're feeling wealthy, you might say, you know what? Me and the boys are going to go to Vegas and we're going to do a a boys' weekend and we're going to gamble or we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to do our our football picks. Consumer sentiment dipped in early July while an index of consumer expectations weakened for a third straight month. Again, not a – Obnoxiously gross consumer out there. We're not, you know, roaring 20s. Stability will provide the necessary strength for consumer spending to continue to expand, is what the economists will spin on it a little bit. Um, so we're not really getting pessimistic. We're not really getting optimistic. I think that's the bottom line here is what, you know, you're trying to put a spin on it if you've got to put a spin on everything, which is. Of my job, put a spin on everything is my job. That's what I do for a living. 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, taking a look at the overall market numbers today SP 500's up six, the Dow's up 41, the Nasdaq up 26. GE credit card unit and said it's going to raise up to $3.25 billion in an IPO. The NASDAQ, uh, all the markets are higher today. 10-year treasury sits at 2.46%, oil $102 a barrel. Google's higher after reporting earnings. Um, I think that's probably worth talking about a little bit later in the show. Google, for all that they are as far as cool things go, they're really a search engine company still. Um, and they're going to have to convince Wall Street of – Changing that ever so slightly, uh, as far as the views go, in the world of um, investing, Amazon announced a new brand new nine ninety nine per month unlimited reading service. Here's how lame I am. I can't imagine anyone that would want to have an unlimited book read for nine ninety nine. It just that's lame. I know, right? Like I'm a TV guy, I suppose, and I I'm guilty of this, huh? Six hundred thousand Kindle books and thousands of audiobooks. It's worth pointing out that you can get books for free from your local library, and many local libraries offer eBooks that sync with the Kindle. But this seems to be a little bit easier for people. And again, uh, to me, I'm not jumping up and down on that one. Um, Israel still an issue going into the weekend. Um, I think you'll see some caution. Um, but then again, over the weekend, you tend to find the news shows seems to overexplain things, both on the positive and the negative side. So it's really impossible to say what we're looking at on a Monday return, per se, when we come back. Um, let's bring in CF... Let's not bring in CFP. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. Bay Area How are you? Morning, doing? Rob. Morning. I'm a little discombobulated after last night's seminar.
4: Yeah, it was a good seminar, though. Great was turnout. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They felt, always are. I felt it ended weird. Um, it may have ended weird, but I mean, it's always good content. I think um, Chad did a great job, as always, and Michelle. Well, you're certainly optimistic. What are you seeing in the world of um,
3: real estate these days?
4: Mortgage rates are still great. I mean, you know, what we're seeing right now is so we have a geopolitical event like the Malaysia plane crashes in Ukraine. And we benefit in ways where the treasury will have what they call safe haven assets. So a lot of money investors will pour into treasuries and bonds and drive yields lower which helps mortgage rates, but it's it's kind of trickling into the real estate market, not as fast as we thought it would. Uh, mortgage applications are actually down across the board, refinance and purchasing. We have cons- higher consumer um, confidence. You talk- I'm sorry, you talked about consumer confidence. We talked about builder confidence on the real estate side, and that's actually up, yet housing starts and housing permits are down. So we, we are getting a lot of mis- mixed messages, not only from the consumer, but from builders and other Parts of the real estate industry, especially with these low rates, I hear you on that. Um,
3: what are the rates these days, roughly? And I know it depends on
4: right, yeah, it's your credit score and all cool. that stuff. But Freddie Mac has the weekly survey; um, thirty-year fixed at about four point one five percent. That could go a little bit lower for this week's survey. Okay, so and that's for a conforming loan. If you're a little bit higher, you know the the rate could be in the mid fours. But what's surprising is that jumbo rates are fantastic right now. the The gap between the A high balance 30-year fixed and a jumbo 30-year fixed is the smallest it's ever been. In fact, the jumbo 30-year fixed and the jumbo arms are lower than where they were back in 2011-12 when rates hit their bottom. Okay. So how easy is the process these days of getting a a mortgage loan? Depends on your scenario. Okay. Um, I think that people get a – they get confused between affordability and qualifying. Everybody qualifies for a loan. It's just how much is that loan for, uh, and they, they put you through the ringer. You know they're going to ask for everything. You know, especially if you're self-employed, they're going to ask for quite a bit more, uh, more tax returns. If you own part of a partnership, they're going to ask for for those corporate returns. Um, so, in deposits, they're, they're really particular on the kind of paperwork that you supply to source your and document your um, your assets. It, so it can be difficult, but the end result is that, you know, working with good companies, they get it done. But I wouldn't be intimidated any more than I would in 2007. It was just a little bit easier because they just asked for less documentation. Okay. I think I'm with you on that.
3: Not quite sure, but I think so. Um, 800-516-1220. What's the average person who's coming in to get a loan? Not average, but what, what type of people are you seeing trying to get more? Well, we're getting a lot of
4: buyer uh, pre-approvals. And they're couples. And we've seen that category in the industry grow significantly over the last 10, 15 years. Um, less and less singles are buying homes and more women singles buy homes than men. But couples definitely. And, you know, when you look in the Bay Area, our median home price is about 619000 That just came out for June. And, you know, that's a big number. And it factors in all of the nine counties in the Bay Area. And not all the homes in Napa and Solano and Contra Costa are going to be over that amount. So, we're looking at in the density in this immediate Bay Area, pretty high median home price. So, you have to have a dual income. So, that's why we're seeing a lot of couples coming into the door right now. Okay. How can people find you? You go to my website, Bay Area com. Okay. Bay Area com.
3: You also do a radio show here.
4: I do on Thursday nights. Tell me a little bit more. What's well, a show about real estate? We talk about the news that's affecting everybody, buying a house, refinancing. We we have professionals come on the show as far as guests. We do a lot of scenarios, which I love doing because everybody has a different kind of scenario running into a purchase or a refinance, why they should refinance, how they should title their property, tax issues, and things like that. So it's a great show. Sounds good. You can find Tony
3: Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money. Seasons don't feel the reason. Not to the wind, the sun
1: Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
3: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source.com. Let's talk about fixing credit. What's a good credit score? What needs to be fixed? What doesn't need to be fixed?
4: Yeah, definitely in a mortgage situation or any kind of finance situation, credit score is going to determine your ultimate rate. In a mortgage, you're borrowing a heck of a lot more than you are on a credit card. And that rate can change significantly based on that credit score. And the average credit score in the United States, or let me rephrase that, the average credit score that Freddie Mac takes in on an average loan is about three hundred seven hundred and thirty-seven. So that's a pretty darn good credit score. But if you're at 637, that could mean a whole 1% interest rate difference, which is about you're paying about $2,500, $2,600 a year more than a person next to you with a 740 score for a $400,000 loan. So you're paying a lot more on a, on a house. So And this factors into your affordability as well. So it means you can also afford less. So a lot of people are focusing on credit scores right now and the amount of debt that you have on that credit report. Okay. So, I mean, it it just comes out to you pay more in a mortgage if you have a lower credit score. So it's a big focus for for a prospective buyer. Okay.
3: Now, how do you go about fixing credit? Is it worth the time? Is there any magic? Is there any trick?
4: So there's several different ways you can do it, and I, I call it the four steps of credit. One, you could try it on your own. Two, you can have the creditor help you fix it. Three, you can use a credit card, a credit counseling type of uh, service. And they don't charge maybe about 50 to $100 a month until you, you're that entry and your credit score is fixed. That's if it's fixable. And if it's not, then you can go and dispute it through a more invasive kind of company and they will charge you a lot more. But they almost guarantee that they can get something removed off of your credit, but it can cost a lot of money. So it depends on how much effort and money that you want to put into fixing your credit to, you know, move into that transaction.
3: Okay, um, what's that process look like? Well, it does it take a week? Does it take a month? It, de- it depends
4: with? on the entry. For example, uh, I've, I had a client who had a credit score of seven hundred and twenty, and by simply raising his credit score to seven hundred and forty, he would have benefited on a purchase because he was getting a $600,000 loan by an extra half a point in fee which that half a point is $3,000 less that he would have had to pay at closing because it would he kept the same rate his rate was now $3,000 cheaper and all he did was go and pay his credit card bills and lowered his balance below 30% on all of his credit cards and then we reran his credit 15 days later after his credit bu- his credit companies reported to the bureaus and it reported a higher credit score, and then we were able to reprice and, and give him that money. That's the simplest example of how you can fix your credit. Um, but derogatories, those are late payments, um, any kind of judgments or liens against your uh, your social security number. Those are the harder ones that you want to start working with credit counseling companies, and, and you can simply go and talk to somebody like me, which we use about three different companies based on the the, the type of entry that's in there. And we can, as long as you sign a form that allows us to share that information, we can send it off to that company. Or you can contact them directly. We use a couple of them that are pretty darn good.
3: Okay. Um, What's the end result? Do you think you can improve your credit rate by
4: point? The the end result, a lot of the agencies or, or bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, will have calculators on there. So let's say you go and you you pay for the service and you run your credit, and they'll they'll do a, uh, a cal- they'll have a calculator that says, okay, if you fix if this is removed or if this is paid, okay. um, or uh, over a period of time, what will my credit score be? So there are some calculators that will do that for you. Um, that's probably the easiest way to tell you what your score would be, but it's never really guaranteed what will happen with your score. In fact, there are some entries that let's say you have a collection, Rob. Okay. And that collection has been on there for a while, and then you end up paying it. Well, that payment will now show up as now a new entry on your credit report as a paid collection. So that can sometimes actually decrease your score, even though you paid the collection. So, it, so what you what you would look in for that in that situation, you would look for what they call a release of the of that entry. So you would ask that creditor to release it. So when they send it over to the that. You paid it to the Bureau. It's now releasing it as well. It's called a courtesy release. Okay. So the, so you really have to get involved in every single type of of entry as opposed to just having a general philosophy about it.
3: Sounds good. Where can people find you if they want to talk improving credit scores, getting mortgages, getting a loan, getting a loan approved?
4: BayAreaLoanSource.com.
3: That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Speaking about what you do... Um, Obviously, it's kind of a business that ebbs and flows. Um, are people still excited about real estate or do they feel like?
4: It's tough to say.
3: It's been a good five years. You know, and
4: like The buyers that are out there are excited. The realtors that are. I guess it's been I, a good three years to be correct. It's been a really good three years. Uh, you know, the, When I started the radio show three years ago, uh, I was calling this environment the, buyer, the year of the buyer. And then 2012, year of the buyer. 2013, it wasn't really, (laughs) didn't feel like the year of the buyer, but it was still the year of the buyer. Now it's the year of the seller. This is a seller's market. Uh, Most realtors in California think that it's a, that the seller has more power. There's a survey that was just done recently by Redfin of all of their agents, and they still think that it's a seller's market. And it's, I think it's going to continue staying a seller's market until we have some sort of catalyst, that catalyst being, um, interest rates go up, interest rates going down, isn't helping. Maybe interest rates going up will, will incite some more sellers. We have builders that are, 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 they have high confidence, but they're not building a lot. Our permits and starts are low compared to estimates. So we don't really have a catalyst right now. We, could, we need some sort of event. The stock market, for example, would be a good event. Uh, if it goes uh, down, we've had to go up, and we haven't seen any activity. Um, but there's, there's not the same excitement that we had over the last couple of years. Investors are, are gone, Rob. We're down to about 20% cash buyers in the Bay Area, and most of those are for single-family residents, for primary residents, not for investment property. Distressed property sales across the United States are almost where they were prior to the, the the real estate crash. So there's not that huge rush into buying lots of properties. But there are activities outside of California. People are still buying properties in Texas and North Carolina, but it's not the, the smartest thing to do in many cases.
3: Calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about. We can talk about the stock market, how it's doing today, what it looks like. We've got the S P five hundred up seven. The Dow's up fifty three. Nasdaq's up twenty nine. Um, let's see. Big volatility spike yesterday. And in the end, I think Ukraine's gonna be Ukraine. Hopefully, we can say that without upsetting people. Um. Israel will be Israel. Things will get back to normal, hopefully. Uh, so the volatility, don't let it change your investment landscape too much. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
0: KDOW.
3: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Taking a look at the markets today. Uh, again, it, it's summertime. It's low volume. It's uh, that's not an excuse. We got Dow above seventeen thousand, sitting at seventeen thousand thirty. We got the Nasdaq uh, thirty two points. We've got the SP five hundred up eight points. All things considered, a pretty good day. The NASDAQ is the strongest of the three markets. Google is a bit of a big winner. Um, Pretty good quarter out of Google last night. Again, you'll always find things that uh, you like in a quarter. You'll always find some things that you don't like when it's a company like Google, when it's that kind of big. Next week, we continue into earnings, basically earnings wrap up. Uh, They don't do a lot of Friday afternoon earnings reports. Um, That would be rude. (laughs) <laughs> Considered, especially after the market closes, waiting, for, making people wait till Monday to make a decision on trading directions. Yesterday, Microsoft announced plans to lay off eighteen thousand employees. Uh, of that, twelve thousand five hundred came from Nokia. So it's a relatively small cut from their one hundred twenty-eight thousand employees. Of you know, another five thousand, roughly so or so, of Microsoft employees. But it's also trying to focus. Uh, Microsoft says it's going to kill the Nokia Android phone program. Um that's something that Nokia did right after making the relationship to be acquired by uh Microsoft. Uh, they came out with an Android phone. It's like, what? Weren't you coming out with Microsoft phones? The Nokia X lines of phones was launched before Nokia was officially acquired, ran a modified version of Android packed with Microsoft services like Outlook being in Skype instead of the Google services that come with most Android phones. It was highly controversial and Microsoft said that's gonna go away. Um I get the feeling the Nokia acquisition is going to be one of those ones that doesn't really ever make any sense other than it was used with foreign money. So they didn't have to repatriate the profits per se. Um, So back to Google, as far as Google goes, um, they missed on the bottom line, but they beat on the top line. So Google announced that longtime sales boss, Nikesh Arora, is leaving the company, going to SoftBank, where he'll be a vice chairman and CEO of the internet company. Paid clicks increased approximately 25% over the second quarter of 2013 increased about 2% over the first quarter of 2014. Numbers show that even as mobile ads become a larger part of their business, Google still can't charge as much for them as it can for desktop ads. In the earnings call, though, you know, Nikisha Roar said that there's a huge revenue opportunity for mobile, and Google expects that mobile ads will eventually be more lucrative than desktop. Um, So that's probably their their big thing that they're, you know, we're eyeballing for Google. Um, Some other stories of note today. Uh, woman sets a new record for the most expensive Starbucks drink ever. Can you imagine? $60.58 that you paid at the register. So it's a mega drink. Uh, the previous record was $54.75. Like I, I want to go get this now. I want to go get a $61 drink so I could be like the stupidest person in, in financial media. The huge Frappuccino featured a whopping 60 shots of espresso caramel syrup. White mocha, hazelnut, and soy milk. Scanning her loyalty card, the cost dropped to fifty-seven seventy-five. She received the drink for free thanks to a coupon from the Starbucks Rewards program. I don't even know what that's all about. Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> it's a huge drink. Um, I don't know. They had to make the drink in a container larger than twenty-four ounces because obviously it's huge. Um, the woman alerted the media of her plan, brought along support team, waited to order for closing time so she wouldn't be holding up the line. So apparently she just wants to have a record. I don't know. Just I'd pick up a hula hoop or something. I'd, I'd get a hobby if that's were the case with me. 800 516 1220 each calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220 each calls on the air. Bring in Tony Mendez, com. It's area loan Rob when you're doing mortgage loans and uh, again this is a national show and it's an international show on some levels but um let's just make it about us right now where are the loans being done
4: what do you mean where
3: um what cities around the bay like
4: oh um all over I I, I don't know what you mean by you where it? they're being done I mean is there a concentration more, uh, more
3: east Bay more peninsula more <laughs> affordable more
4: high-end seeing a lot in San Jose um, the East Bay is definitely a little bit more active for first-time home buyers. Um, a little bit more refinances in the Peninsula. People have built a lot of equity and they're looking to do some renovations or improvements to the property. Uh, San Francisco, we've seen some Marin. I'm doing two right now in Marin, so there's there are some inventory coming out on the market right now. So inventory is freeing up a little bit. So there's a little bit more activity as far as the purchasing is going. Refinances, you know, it's kind of difficult. We're going to get back to a kind of a normal pattern of why people refinance. You know, they've had their property for a period of time or their loan and, you know, it's a decent rate, but they need to re-amortize or they need some cash out or they're going to pay off some debt or they're going to add somebody to title or buy another house, take some money out. So there's the normal transactions and refinances and they're, they're pretty low right now. Uh, but for the normal reasons, purchases are really where... Um, it's probably easier to um, kind of calculate and evaluate where things are actually happening. So East Bay is is probably the most active, including San Jose. Okay. Um,
3: would you say affordability is an issue right now, or are people throwing down still a lot of cash? What type of loan structure are you seeing out there?
4: Well, I think more importantly is that people are are beginning to understand completely what it takes to get into a tra- into a purchase. And that is 10 to 15% over asking price. And in a lot of cases, that means 10 to 15% over appraised value. And if you're getting a loan, that means that if you have 20% down and you have to put 10% over appraised value, now you have a 10% down payment. So they're looking at different loan structures. Um, FHA is not even on the map here in the Bay Area, but it is being used on a, on a small scale. So they're looking at things like $1, Jumbo loan to ninety percent. You can actually do those up to about eight hundred fifty thousand. Some places will do them up to a million. Um, some people are doing two loans. They're so they don't have to pay mortgage insurance, which always makes sense because you can always pay that second loan down without carrying that mortgage insurance uh, for a long period of time. I, I, I hate mortgage insurance. I think it's ridiculous. Um, But there, not a lot of low, like low down payment programs and and down payment assistance programs are still available. It's just finding those properties. So we're you know people are spreading out a little farther, maybe Brentwood and um, you know out the four corridor. So um, that's where we're seeing a lot of those new home buyers and and those low down payment borrowers. But uh, it's it's a changing environment right now, Rob. As okay. far as the way that it it's back to what it's like in two thousand seven. Okay, interesting to note. Um
3: one of the things that Tony does obviously is, is tied towards real estate. One of the things I do is more so sort of tied towards the stock market. You can find me online at robblack.com, it's robblack.com. Um I think it's worthy of note that on occasion you find a good idea that you, you know, develop it and push it as far as you can. I was just seeing a, an article, a research article on you know, where our food comes from. It's basically eight companies that dominate the world. And it's surprising. And I think these are companies that you can buy. I don't know if their food is, you know, quality. Um, I don't know if their food is what you want to be quote-unquote buying. Maybe there's a trend here that you want to go less from these processed foods, more so towards fresh foods. And maybe you go with like a Whole Foods market or, you know, some sort of fresh market, some sort of angle along those lines. But if you take a look at it, there's companies like Danone, Uh, where they do Evian Water Activia. They do yogurt. There's Unilever. you that does everything from Lipton to Skippy, peanut butter to Ben & Jerry's to Wishbone. There's Coca-Cola. There's Nestle. There's PepsiCo. There's General Mills. There's Kellogg's. There's a company called Associated British Foods, which obviously a little bit more foreign market uh, angled. Mondelez, which is formerly Kraft Foods, and Mars, and that's it. Those eight food companies basically dominate what the world eats on a day by day basis, or the what the world drinks. Um, are there other players? Yes, but they're all very, very small in comparison. So my angle on this is, as an investor, I think you can own something like a General Mills or Coca Cola for the long term. Coca Cola does have a bit of a problem with, uh, you know, soda. But if you don't want to cook, go and maybe go more Unilever or Mondelez, cra- you know, craft Foods, Kraft, you know, obviously, they changed their name from Kraft to Mondelez, and I don't quite get it. I don't quite get it. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, but when you take a look at what they have, like, you know, Ritz crackers and Wheat Thins and Triscuits and uh, Dairy Lou's and I mean, they're not going to go out of business anytime soon. And on occasion, they'll raise prices. I saw Hershey, you know, has raised prices twice now in the last three years. Once was 8% price increase and one was about 3.5%. So that's an 11% appreciation in inflating costs in the last couple of years. That's pretty high. That's worthy of note. That's pretty high because they're not going to lose money. They're not going to say, you know, we're going to make this here Hershey bar and suddenly sell it for free. That's not going to happen. Um, so you're going to see them continue to go after that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find Tony Mendez online at bayarealoansource.com. That's bayarealoansource.com.
1: With aluminum foil, Foil. never settle for less, that kind of wrap is just the best, to keep your sandwich nice and fresh, stick it in your cooler, Cooler. eat it when you're ready, but maybe you'll choose, choose. a refreshing herbal tea. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
3: Welcome back in. I promise this song will be blown up and never played again. I'll let it go because it's Friday. But I'll also let it go because I'm fishing for a little uh, frozen. Let's go to Gill in San Dimas.
5: Hey Rob, uh, Tony mentioned something about getting two loans in order to save on um, mortgage insurance. Um, My co-sign for my son, who has been making the payments on his house for several, several years now, and he finally dumped on a short loan his old house that he got in over his head. And I want to get off the title, and I'm kind of curious about what he's talking about, getting two loans in order to get out of the mortgage insurance so I can get away from the co-signer.
4: So you're talking about refinancing, him refinancing his property on his own and dropping you off? Correct. Because okay. he
5: does pay for mortgage insurance now, in the amount of about four hundred a month, but wow. I mean he's got he's got a steady income and all that other stuff, I, I think he would qualify. But you know, he tells me I got he's got to wait two years.
4: Well, that's because of the short sale that he did,
5: right? But I am just saying, is I mean, if the, the, first, let's talk about what you are saying about getting too long. Sure.
4: Right? So let's say you have let's say you are doing a refinance or a purchase, and you only have ten percent equity or ten percent down payment. Um, in a typical scenario, you can get one loan as long as it's conforming. You can go to ninety um, percent uh, or ninety-five percent if it's what they call uh, regular conforming, and you get mortgage insurance. And that mortgage insurance covers that extra fifteen or ten percent that you're over eighty percent. So twenty percent down will eliminate mortgage insurance. So as an alternative to that mortgage insurance coverage, you get a second loan. Um, in see two thousand seven to two thousand, I'd say twelve. Uh, Second lenders kind of backed out of the whole lending environment and said, okay, we're going to max out at like 75%. So you could get a a combined loan, first loan, second loan with a combined value of of 75%. They've since increased that up to 80%, then 85%, and now 90%. So we use lenders that go where they do a combined loan to value, two loans up to 90%. Oh. So what that does is you get a first loan for 80% and a second loan for 10%, and then you have the 10% equity. It's called an 80-10-10. And you can do that on a purchase as well. And what it does is it eliminates the mortgage insurance and It gives you a little bit more freedom to do uh, to pay off that loan down the road. Um, sometimes they do come with interest only, so it can help with payments as well. So, But there's a big difference between paying mortgage insurance and having that second loan. So that's the theory behind doing that kind of scenario. Um, as an individual... Uh, your son is going to, let's say he qualifies with his credit score and his income. He has the equity, at least the 10%. He's in the right conforming uh, loan amounts. And he's not you know too super high on the uh, the the total loan where they do have limits on that as well.
3: Mm-hmm. But
4: he has that short sale. So now, now you're working with two lenders. So you have to find out first what the fir- new first lender will allow you to do. As far as foreclosures, if it's uh, if he has ten percent, it's probably four years he has to wait. If he has twenty percent equity, it's probably two years that he has to wait. Okay, then you have a second lender that you have to worry about. What are their guidelines on that? So it it it's going to be a scenario that you have to definitely look at and just check the credit. Check when the short sale. Di- it's not when the short sale when he moved out. It's when they actually sold the property. Yeah, so, it
5: just it, it took many many years for him to. To uh, get to that point, I mean, they just basically just signed the escrow papers and and they just got funded. So, I'm looking for a way out, you know.
4: Yeah. So the other thing too is, it, and tell me briefly why you want to get out of the the whole co-signing part.
5: Well, I'm I'm retired. I'm okay. retired, and you know, I I owe sixty thousand dollars on my house, and my house is probably worth seven hundred thousand. I just don't like I just don't like to. Carry carry anybody? I only did it because he said, "Look, Dad, I got in over my head." Yeah. In order for me to 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 uh, have uh, yeah. some place to go, I've got I need a house, or sure. you know, I can rent this one out and blah blah blah, and, and go from there.
4: Sure, and, and so think, I, I, I helped him. Sure, and, and thanks for the call. It, it, it you're going to be stuck in that situation. You until he can refinance that property or sell the property. Unfortunately, you are tied to him making those payments on time. But you are, after 12 months, absolved from that debt as far as you buying something else, uh, another property, or trying to refinance or on your own. And that goes along with most any other debt. If you co-sign, as long as the other person can prove they've made the payments for 12 months, um, you can discount that debt against your qualifying for a new loan, but you are tied to that debt, and you are tied to... <laughs> his liability and making sure he makes those payments on time. So I would definitely keep, uh, you know, figuring out his situation and what his timeline is, is getting refinanced.
3: Thanks very much. You can find Tony at com. That's Source.com. You can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, in particular, you know, take a look at the stock markets on a regular basis is kind of one of the things we do here. Um, rebound day after a crazy day yesterday. Yesterday had the market see a plane crash, a Malaysian Airlines, which is probably the, the the most brutal bad luck an airline can ever have. Um, not having not having a good you know twelve months um, is probably the safest thing to say. Uh, I don't even know if they're gonna be able to survive that. Dow Jones Industrial Average declined one percent yesterday, roughly. Um, Russell 2000 was, was down 1.6%. So it was a, not a day of panic, but it was a day of – some people were heading for the exits. There's no doubt about it. So Google has a positive bias. General Electric Capital One earnings reports are going to help the market in the early going today, and they have. IBM is a bit of a drag trading down following some otherwise drab results. Um, Shire Pharmaceuticals has accepted the $54 billion buyout proposal by AbbVie. FedEx has announced that the Department of Justice has filed a criminal indictment against the company for allegedly playing an unlawful role in transporting controlled substances for online pharmacies. God, the government has to always get involved, huh? Can't they just Can't they just bring me my OxyContin? Come on, FedEx. Don't bow to this kind of pressure. For the record, I'm not on OxyContin. It's Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black. It is a Friday, and it's kind of got that Friday market feel to it. A little bit of a rebound after yesterday's topsy-turvy market. Yesterday's topsy-turvy market, what am I implying, is Malaysian Airlines and Israel. Two very different fronts of the world, two very big impacts in the United States yesterday. I'm not smart enough to land on one side or the other of what's going on in Israel. Russian-Ukraine ended badly yesterday where Russian-supplied militants took down a commercial airliner, and they didn't know they were taking down a commercial airliner that had absolutely no weapons on it. Whoops. Um, that's not going to sit well, and that has to go to Putin and his boys occupying Ukraine, and they shouldn't be there. So that's going to be you know, heightened now. Sometimes these political situations give the market a reason to sell off. I don't know. You know, it's to me, it's like, I, I what else can you say? Like, is it earnings season? Does it? Is it like whatever reason? It's the reason. And just know that the markets go up seven out of ten years. Just know that the markets beat real estate and bonds beat real estate over time. Real estate in theory is tied towards incomes, what people can afford, and you don't have to be a genius rocket scientist out there to figure out that a lot of incomes aren't going up for Americans as fast as the real estate costs in their life. A good friend of mine in television is actually losing his place, and he doesn't know where he's going to live. And this could be the end of his you know, career in the Bay Area, because it's you make good money in media. You don't make that good of money in media. You're not making Google kind of money. So Google impressed last night with revenue growth in the second quarter. Uh, Thursday's event driven sell off will be a short lived affair. That's the expectations. By the way, Wall Street responded the following day today. The leadership is in a lot of tech names right now. Um, a lot about performance in the tech sector. It's Cisco, it's Google, it's Apple. Small cap stocks recently have been pretty volatile, showing us that the market looks like it should be correcting. Not necessarily correcting, but should be correcting. Um,. One of the things I like to talk about, especially when I sit in for CFP Chad Burton on his show, are things that you you may or may not have. One of the biggest things people are missing is emergency savings or not enough emergency savings. And it's three to six months of necessary expenses. So if this month you spend $10,000, you should have $30,000 to $60,000 minimum in a cash or cash equivalent. That doesn't mean it's getting good return. It's not – it's not a home run. It's not meant to be a home run. Another mistake people make is having too much money in the company stock. And I think that's a pretty obvious one in the sense that um, you work for a company. So they already supply your health care. They supply your income. They supply the income that you use to you know, get a house. They supply the income that you get for um, renting or a warm mortgage. They supply the income for an automobile the income that goes to your vacations, the income that goes to your savings. So a lot of times some people like, um, they just fall in love with their own stock. And I get it when it's good. It's so, 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 so good. You can't tell Apple employees that've owned Apple shares for five years, like you're making a mistake holding too much of it because they'd laugh at you. But they are making a mistake if they own too much of it because anything can happen to any one company. And we've seen it happen before. So 10 to 15% is the most you should hold in any one company. Most people don't really have an asset allocation plan. That's a mistake that people make uh, trying to determine the risk uh, and return on their investments. People often have a hodgepodge of accounts. Um, I've seen what looks like just people acquiring a family of mutual funds and a a gaggle of stocks and a couple more mutual funds and a couple more things that are sitting at zero in their account. And they're, they're just accumulating like they don't even know what they're accumulating. Mistake people make is not figuring out how much their investment fees are. It's probably the number one thing that you can do to make more money is to cut down the cost of having stocks and bonds and mutual funds either looked at by someone or by being purchased by someone. So a person that I love dearly, um, she's got a lot of mutual funds that she's got a bond fund that charges her 3% and the bond fund gets about 2% and it's just ridiculous it should be criminal. the The guy who put her in that should be, you know, I'm not going to say this. I should be poked but like the Three Stooges. <laughs> stooges. I miss them when they were at their heyday. I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm rambling at this point in time. I'm, I'm ramblings of an, I'm an insane man. Yesterday I worked way too long. Got to bed way too late. Got up to bed way too early this morning. Um, so. Those are the mistakes that most people make in not running a retirement projection calculation. A lot of people seem to base whether they're on track for retirement by how much money they're saving or how much they're already accumulated. But sometimes you need a little bit more. The number depends on your time frame, income needs, and how much you'll get from Social Security and other income sources. So there's calculators out there that can help you kind of figure this out. I highly recommend, highly endorse. Um, And it's a little estate planning. There's a website, um, doyourownwill.com. There's always ways to avoid probate on many of your assets, depending on the state that you live in without a trust. I recommend anyone that has a house in the state of California to have a trust, um, especially if you have children um, and you want that house to go to your children as an asset whole. Um, I have a trust because it helps with my um, uh, information protecting me. So you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, Bay Area That's Bay Area Source dot com. How are you, Mister Mendez? Good, good. How are you, Rob? I'm okay. So, um, how do people in your industry, lenders, feel about the lack that the ten year treasury just just continues to stagnate around two point five percent and not grow towards three
4: percent? Well, from a lending point of view, it's you know, it's I, I like it. I, I like the fact that. You know we're still only about a half a point from our lowest rates ever, so it still lends to affordability, uh, and we still need that across the nation. And California is benefiting from the low rates as they're really meant for the rest of the nation and the, and the troubled um, buyers and and owners across the nation. Um, you know, it, it we do we do have tight guidelines. There's no doubt about that, and what it means is that people who are qualifying should be qualifying, and they're the same people who would have qualified back in 2007. Um, what's concerning us is that the rates are low, and it's not inciting any activity. We don't have a lot of sellers. The sellers are concerned about where they're going to sell and then buy. Um, the buyers that are finding a house are competing against multiple offers. And, and you know, the nice thing about that, is rates are helping. So when you think about it, we are still at a discount from where we were in 2007. Price, medium price here in the Bay Area is still lower than it was in July of 2007. And our interest rates are lower. So we are kind of still buying houses at a discount with these interest rates. It's one of the reasons why our ARM usage is not back up to 60%, ARM's being meaning adjustable rate mortgages. Okay. So, but uh, it's also another reason why I think that we could still see a price increase here in the Bay Area because the ARM usage could go up higher. All
3: sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. It's bayarealonesource.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Men. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Talk about the stock market. Talk about stories inside the market. Um, you know, Google, pretty good numbers last night. Google stock doing pretty good things today. To me, Google is a play on the long term not on the short-term. Summertime, Microsoft announced they're going to cut their workforce. Yesterday, that stock roared. Um, Cutting a lot more people than people were expecting. Highest cost of business is labor in most businesses. So you can see why Wall Street likes it. $367 billion market cap Microsoft has. And that's interesting. Amazon today unveiled a ebook subscription service with unlimited access. I'm a little ashamed to say that I don't even know if it'd be worth it for me because I don't read that much fiction um, in any way, shape, or form. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Drop me an email right now, rob at robblack.com. Taking a look, um, you know, the big story. Um. The separatists in the Ukraine shooting down an airplane, and finger pointing is happening pretty aggressively here. Putin and the Ukraine trade blame over the downed jet, but putting missiles in the hands of separatists just not a good idea. Um, they didn't know what they were doing, so, and it's tragic that it ended that way. Um, what else is there to talk about as far as you know these issues go? Intel had a very good week this week with earnings. Next week we get you know earnings again. Um, GE in the news today, good earnings. They're spinning off their credit card division. So, like, if you have a Banana Republic card, there's a good chance it's a GE card or a Capital One. Like, the banks that do the lending, they're very, very few and far between. Uh, GE is a big one, so they're spinning that off, and it's going to be its own little IPO. Similar to Capital One, which I like shares of Capital One. The aggressive marketing that they do on television pays off. So you know, get money back one and a half percent on every purchase. like is that Samuel Jackson and don't call him the wrong person. so I don't know if you remember that, but uh that was a big fiasco this year. Um, Huntington baked shares, second quarterly profits rose nine percent LM Erickson earnings uh, beat expectations, some decliners today, AMD like AMD. are they even still in business? like their market caps 3.4 billion dollars. You would almost expect someone would have acquired them at this point in time because they're not worth terribly much, and they compete against Intel. Um, Not good. Stock is under $4 a share. Bring in Tony Mendez, com. It's bayarealonesource.com. Rob? What you got for me today? What's uh, cooking in the world of real estate or financing of real estate?
4: It's started pretty much anywhere. Uh, If you're looking to buy a house, a lot of people are out there looking for a house. They're struggling um there's just not a lot of inventory we talked to a lot of realtors i've had you know several guests on the show uh, traffic is picking up a little bit or, i'm sorry inventory is picking up a little bit less on the multiple offers but they're still getting over asking price um you know five to ten fifteen percent over so i mean that's just the reality of this market right now um, sellers are kind of sitting back trying to figure out what, what's going on there's actually a disconnect between sellers and buyers right now as far as the their opinion of what's where the market is headed, I think sellers are holding on a little bit. I think people are living in their houses longer. Um, there's a lot of people saying this is a new era of real estate. It's a new era of, you know, Fed policy and having lower rates, uh, you know, kind of a stagnation, in, uh, so to speak, um, with what they call super sensitive or hypersensitive um, Fed involvement in, in the economy. Um, you know, we're going to, it's just a new era. It's, we're in this, that that stage of the recovery where we just don't know which direction it's going to go. Okay. I mean, it's it's just too difficult to say. I mean, wh- where are we going to get sellers? If we get sellers, our price is going to drop. Are we going to still see that two to three percent growth? Uh, I know in the Bay Area, we've already seen a slowdown. We only had a thousand dollar increase in our median home price from six eighteen to six nineteen from one month to the next. Point two percent. That's lower than three percent a year. So, uh, what do we expect? I think a lot of people have questions right now about what to expect in the market. So, people are renovating their houses and. And, and saying you know we're going to stay here as long as we can and and you have to remember Rob back in 2000 between 2008 and 2012 when rates started dropping everybody that could refinance refinanced and they're sitting on super low rates and it's going to be difficult even you you, you and I were just talking about this it's going to be difficult for you to get rid of your house because the the, the you know it's, it doesn't matter what is valued it's matter how much you owe on it and how how affordable it is for you to keep it and possibly sell that and buy something else newer in a better area, it's going to cost you even more. So the sacrifices people are making to stay in their houses are, are, are some of the questions people have right now.
3: I'm with you. Um, one of the things you just brought up there is you know my personal issue. And uh, when you get into real low-cost real estate, and when I'm talking to low-cost, I'm talking about the loan, mm-hmm. it's kind of addictive. Yeah. It's, it's, it will be tough for me to say, you know, I can turn it into a rental easily. Easily. Um, but then again, where am I going to live? Yep. Or kind of thing. There's some mathematics there of uh, that low-cost money. It's going to be low-cost money next year. It's going to be low-cost money. It's not going to readjust for inflation. So those people that got mortgages under 4% are going to love those in 10, 15, 20 years when mortgage rates hopefully are back to their historical norms mm-hmm. of 6
4: 7%. And really the only thing that's going to get more expensive for you is just maintenance and electricity. Uh, repairs, any re- uh, renovations that you do. But then again, it's still going to be cheaper than you moving somewhere else. And I think that's the mindset that a lot of people have right now. Why spend more somewhere else when we can just fix up where we live? Uh, and people are really focusing on finding quality properties and they're spending top dollar for it. I talked to Julie Geyer last, uh, last night um, for the show and she said that hot properties are getting up to 20% or more over asking price because the People want that property. They're buying land. They're buying neighborhoods now. They're not no longer buying a house.
3: It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. That's source.com One of the more frustrating things about real estate right now, or for the young couples who are trying to get their first home or even their second home, and they're being bid, they see the price tag of a million or the price tag of 500000 and it goes for 600000 or $1.2 And they're like, one of the two of them has, you know, common sense. It's like, we're not going to chase that. And the other one's like, I just want to get this process over with. So it is interesting to watch kind of like the the relationships and how much stress they're under. A friend of mine bought a townhouse a couple of years ago. Uh, She now hates it because homeowner fees, the homeowners association is running out of money. There's a special. You know, there's an extra $600 a month they're asking for, but the appreciation she's had has been great in a crappy townhouse. Crappy. I tell you horrible. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. You can find Tony at Bay Source.com. It's Bay
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
3: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hopefully you take that to heart, pick up the phone, give me a call. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 get your calls on the air. Um, let's talk. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, Source.com. Let's talk down payment scenarios. Um, what do we need to know about down payment scenarios?
4: Well, for purchase, um, the ultimate goal is to get a 20% down payment okay. so you can avoid mortgage insurance. But mortgage insurance is insurance that will pay for the protection of or losses to the lender if you have to foreclose on the property and they sell it for a loss um, I don't like mortgage insurance I think 80 percent is too too low I think they should be 85 or 90 percent uh, I think down payment has been a problem um, recently especially as you know multiple offers come in and you have to go over asking price and somebody say you have 20 percent down rob okay. and you end up putting an offer and it gets accepted but your appraisal comes in lower because you had to outbid other people. That means now your down payment represents maybe 15% now. And you have to get mortgage insurance. So some of the options that we've been talking about lately is getting second loans to cover up that extra 5 or 10%. Uh, and we didn't have this a year or two ago. Um, we didn't have this. We had it leading up to 2007. As a matter of fact, we had 100% finance. You can get what they call a, an 80-20. Then that went to 80-15-5, 80-10-10, 85-15. 80-5, and it just kept decreasing as the market kind of closed its guidelines. And it came back recently where you can get up to 90% now. Um, in some cases, over a million dollars combined loan. So you get a first loan, a second loan, and then your down payment. So that's one of the strategies I like using. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and buy a house with 5% down and get mortgage insurance or 3.5% down with FHA financing and their high mortgage insurance. I, don't, I It's just high. There's just no doubt about it. FHA is not... a very popular loan here because of the loan amounts and that mortgage insurance that it goes along with it. But when you look at the rate of return on your money, let's say you can get an extra five or 10% to get down to that situation where you can get a, a dual loan or even get down to 20%. Uh, we've run the numbers, Rob. It, it, we're looking at rate of returns on that, that money that you put into the house, uh, over 10% in many cases. Um, Now, I'm not a financial advisor, but we do work with a lot of financial advisors and CPAs about situations like this. Should we take money from here and put it into the house as opposed to putting it into or leaving it where it is and, you know, making money market returns of, you know, under 2%. So when the money's cheap over here or you're not making a lot of interest, sometimes it makes more sense to get rid of that mortgage insurance. And the two-loan scenario will work. But for people who are looking to buy a house... And more importantly, the scenario works for them is that you can't just get pre-approved for it 20% down. You have to be prepared to have less than 20% down or have some sort of scenario that goes along with it because you you have to offer over asking. It's
3: Tony Mendez with source.com That's source.com Let's go to Jack in Fremont.
2: Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I had a question about refinance. So we bought our house 10 years back, and at that time I took a 5-1 arm. Thinking that you know, if the rates, I guess taking a look at the situation after five years, and at that time I got a, a rate of 3.75, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, and about two years back, I refinanced for 2.65, um, and so you know rates are still at that rate. I think at that at this point, I'm so just wondering if it makes sense to refinance or keep uh, the 2.65, which is again a 5 one ARM, um, and what, what you know what to do going forward.
4: When did you refinance into 2.65? How long ago? Uh, two years ago. And what kind of loan? Was it another five-year?
2: Yeah, 5.00. Okay.
4: Well, you have another three years left of 2.65. So uh, if you refinance today, into a th- are you thinking about refinancing into another five-year or do a 30-year?
0: So
2: my strategy is to get the lowest interest rate possible because I would end up paying principal on top of that. Um, so basically, you know, I just look for the lowest interest and um, the payment is not an issue.
4: Sure. No, I understand that. So, what I the, if you're already comfortable using that strategy of getting an arm and then getting another arm and then getting another arm, you're always going to get the lowest interest rate over a period of time. What you might want to consider is looking at something like a seven or a ten year. Ten years probably not as priced as well as the seven year, but it, it gives you a couple more years. Um, it's still going to be a little bit higher, but you can buffer your your the time frame in which it's fixed. You have to remember it's not just the time frame in which. Your your loan is fixed that you're saving money. Let's say for example rates, it's really not rates. It's more the index that's tied to your rate. Your index plus the margin, and let's say it's the one-year LIBOR, and that goes up to two and a half percent. Right now it's near, near or below one percent, and you have a mm-hmm. two two and a quarter margin. So you end up four and four and seven eighths, or I'm sorry, four point seven five, and that'll give you a you know a payment that's higher than what you have now. But you've also saved money prior to that. So it's really not your break even isn't the next three years you know, the end of the five-year term, it's really two or three or four years beyond that based on what happens with interest rates. So, uh, and then you can decide on what you want to do with a, it, should you get into a 30-year, should you do another five-year arm? I mean, right now, uh, you're, if you were to adjust today, your rate would not probably not go up. Okay. It would probably stay the same because your margin, in, well, maybe it would go up a little bit, but it it is a strategy that, that takes, you know, a little bit of you know confidence and preparation down the road in order to do that um i'd say write it out and then look at what rates are in 3 years cuz 3 years at 2.65 compared to what you get today and then down the road uh, you just have to run the scenario shoot me an email yeah
2: uh, well, thanks for the call question, if i if i can so i have been paying down the A little bit of principal every month, like I mentioned before, and the idea there is, after three years, hopefully, I'm I'm in a conforming limit, and so that will bring my rates down even further. Is that a good idea, or should I?
4: Well, that's definitely another strategy that you can do. Let's say, for example, you the benchmark here is the thirty-year fixed, and you take the thirty-year fixed payment, and then you take your current payment, and that savings you can apply towards your principal. After the period, uh, your fixed period is over, you become fully amortized at the new balance. That new balance now will will drop your your payment. It's a way to for you to hedge against any future rate increases. Um, that is definitely a nice strategy to do. And and then if the rates are lower or the same or not too much higher, just go ahead and refinance again and continue that strategy using the thirty year fixed as the benchmark. Thanks very
3: much, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource dot com. That's bayarealonesource.com. dot com. As you can see, anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, Google's earnings were pretty good last night. Um, again, nothing to get super excited about. Today's a bit of a rebound day compared to yesterday. Yesterday was a Malaysian airline shut down as well as um, some of the other issues tied towards you know what happened on the market um, tied towards Israel and the Middle East. And you're seeing oil kind of stubbornly high because of that. Taking a look at the market today, positive. Again, nothing to jump up and down about. Uh, It's nice to see, but nothing to get crazy about. Um, Housing outlook. The outlook for mortgages. Uh, They're two very different things. The outlook for mortgages, low-cost money. Janet Yellen said earlier this week that it's going to be probably late 2015 before interest rates start to rise, which means you've got till late 2015 – until interest rates start to rise if you want to do a refi. Um, I've refied all my properties that I needed to refi, and I probably the benefits would be so slim. The only reason I would look at repositioning a loan now would be, like, maybe I want to retire earlier or something along those lines. Um, but you can kind of see where I'm going at with that. It's, it's nice, low-cost money, and that should help. Um, that should help for the long-term patient Uh real estate investor. So home prices versus mortgage prices. Um, I would argue that low-cost mortgage is really the true value in real estate. And that's what people don't ever see. They think it's, oh, i bought got this great home. It's, yeah, you actually got a, a home that you're paying yourself rent, but it's low-cost mortgage. Uh, you can buy a lot more home and you can drive up prices when it's a low-cost mortgage. So that's going to be interesting. I, I think somewhere i read once tony that as interest rates go up 1% so as the 30 year goes from 4% to 5% real estate prices will drop somewhere between 10 and 20%. Um, just in that first percent move up. The second would be a little less powerful. 5 uh, um,
4: to 6%, but some will disagree with you including robert shiller, a yale economist.
3: I don't know if that's true or not. Um I'm not going to let you you speak for him.
4: I I know you're not. Um, He says that sales will drive prices more than rates will drive prices, and he thinks he can prove it. Um, I don't agree with him in this argument. I think that interest rates are – or home prices are very sensitive to interest rates right now. Uh, As we saw last year when the interest rate did jump 1%, not from 4 to 5, but from 3.5 to 4.5. At one point, it almost got to 5%. And we saw an incredibly slow mortgage applications from the Mortgage Bankers Association report. We saw um, a very slow existing home sales report, medium home price in the Bay Area even stalled and went down a little bit. So, and that was just that one little bit since then rates have actually gone down and we still haven't seen much more activity in the inventory, but our home prices are going up. So right now inventory is driving home prices and interest rates aren't. So, What's going to happen if interest rates rise? If inventory stays low? I think we still have an affordability problem. We're just going to have less buyers. I think we're just going to have fewer sellers. because they're, they're going to be strapped in their home now. Everybody's comfortable with these low rates, Rob. You are. You just told us on the air about two minutes ago that you would have to have a very strong reason to refinance, yeah. which also means you'd have to have a strong reason to sell. Same thing for the current owners if rates go up.
3: Calls in there, it's 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Houseboats, have you ever done a loan for a houseboat? Negative, I'll be wildly interested to see how that process is. Cash, we'll take a break here, I'll be right back. I'll be okay.
1: AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio station.
3: Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Facebook is testing a buy button. Ooh. So you can buy something that you see. It's we're going there. It's everyone wants a digital currency. And what's a digital currency? There's alternative currencies out there. And one of the things like you may or may not pick up, like I've got an Amazon credit card. Anything I buy on Amazon, I get three percent off. It doesn't add up, but it's three percent it's actually not three percent off. It's I get three points of basically equals three percent off. But they're Amazon coins, and I could use them to play video games. I could use them to buy, you know, if I get a $100 purchase, I could take, you know, I could use those points and deduct them from it. Your credit card has reward points, and that's a a form of currency. You don't think of it that way, but it is because they're United Miles. They're not United States dollars, but you could use those miles and convert them into dollars and get a discount. Like, so you're going to see more than that. And Facebook would love to become a bank. And Facebook would love to do transactions. Um, and that's going to happen. So I don't see how that's not going to happen. Twitter is acquiring a payment startup, CardSpring, which provides an API that makes it easier for companies to accept payments. I I like Twitter. I'm not fully convinced that their business model is robust enough for their valuation yet. doesn't mean that they can't be um, – 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. Consumer sentiment dipped in the preliminary July reading. That's a little bit worrisome because we're at the point in time where we're starting to think that um you know, the consumer is going to be feeling good and the consumer is going to be stretching their legs and and you know, going out and uh, uh purchasing gar- cars and boats and vacations. So, yesterday, big sell off today, big bounce back. Google's climbing as well, good quarter. Uh, big drug maker in the United States is acquiring a smaller player in Ireland. It's known as a tax inversion kind of play. So, a big U.S. company decides to change their business address to Ireland so that they can pay Irish taxes versus U.S. taxes, and $20 billion is going to leave the United States. And, and that's one of the problems that we face in America is that. We're not competitive on a tax rate with other countries. And you can say whatever you want. You know, uh, Corporations don't pay enough money. They make billions of dollars. But when you compare us to other nations, we're pretty expensive to do business in. I think that's worthy of note. Um, Netflix is rolling out – not Netflix, but Amazon is rolling out Netflix for book service. Nine ninety nine a month, you get access to over 600,000 books, including The Hunger Games, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Water for Elephants. Um, some of them are available on Audible. Uh, to me, me, I don't know. Now I'm ashamed that I don't read more because this doesn't sound like a good offer to me. And I'd so much rather just go online, if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. Joining me now... Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source.com. Hey, Rob. What's up in the world of lending?
4: World of lending? Yeah. Um, well, it depends. Are you buying a house? Are you refinancing? Um, buying houses, obviously, uh, on a lot of people's minds because they've watched home prices go up significantly. Uh, our, I think our median home price in the Bay Area at one point was $270,000, back up to $619,000. Um, that price is spreading out farther and farther and farther as people are realizing that that's where they have to go to buy a house. Refinancing equities are up. A lot of people are um, thinking about ways to get money out of their house to improve their property. That's the new era of owning a property in the Bay Area. People are going to live in their houses longer. They're going to fix up where they live and make that a better neighborhood. Um, Speaking of neighborhoods, that's where people are buying. Uh, Hot properties in hot neighborhoods are getting, you know, 10, 20, 30% over asking price. Um, And there's realtors are still, offering homes or listing homes below what most people would consider that as a, a fair price to inside activity. And they're still getting it. There's, you know, foot traffic is still pretty good. Multiple offers are still there. Cash buyers are a little bit lower. Um, so you can run into properties and with a loan and not have to compete with that. So that's one good sign leading into this kind of market is that people with loans are going to get their their offers accepted. Uh, it's, it's all about preparing a good package, of course, and get, getting a good realtor. But um, I mean, what what else would you want to know about the the real estate market? I don't know. Just any new mortgage products out there? Anything fun and creative being cooked no, up? No, I mean the Mortgage Bankers Association. They do a survey every year about the or every month about the uh, complexity of getting a loan, and I think their rating is like one hundred and twelve or something like that. And and at one point that back in two thousand seven, that was ranked at eight hundred. So it just kind of gives you an idea of. How we fit into the whole scheme of how easy it is to get a loan. So it's still difficult to get a loan. Uh, you, you are going to go through the ringer, so to speak, uh, and that's documentation, documentation after documentation. But we make it easy. We make it as easy as possible. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really has been the hardest part of my job recently. is just kind of, you know, shielding people from that red tape and making it a, a smooth and easy transaction. you. Hey, so, so I mean, you went through the whole thing. Yeah, it's I not mean, it's not a very pleasant. Thing. You know, can you please send me this? Please send me that. Please send me this. Um, can you send me that again? <laughs> you know, can you explain why this happened? I hear you. So,
3: not fun at all. Anyway, you can find me online at robblack.com. You can find Tony Mendez at berryloansource.com. It's source.com Have a good weekend everybody. Um you've certainly earned it. Rough day yesterday, recovery day today. It's earning season. I'm not going to back off that statement it's fun to live through earnings season Uh, it's probably my favorite part of the year and i get it four times next week apple big earnings Uh, and then they have hopefully a good back half of the year you know they've got the that's what the expectation is